Support for the WSHU podcast Off the Path comes from Webster Private Bank with personalized wealth management services to help clients move forward confidently. WebsterBank.com slash private banking, member FDIC. And from Au Pair in America, cultural exchange child care for more than 30 years. AuPairInAmerica.com. There's a tiny 27-acre island off the coast of Portsmouth, New Hampshire, called Smutty Nose Island. The population in 1873 was six, so it shocked the country when two of them were brutally murdered. The murder still inspires wild theories and a best-selling book and also a movie a century and a half later. This is Off the Path from WSHU Public Radio. I'm Davis Donovan. And a caution, this story contains disturbing details about two murders. Normally, there's a regular ferry from Portsmouth to the islands around Smutty Nose. That shut down because of COVID-19. So I called J. Dennis Robinson, a journalist and historian. And he's one of the stewards of Smutty Nose Island, which is now a bird sanctuary. He goes out every summer and looks after the birds. I'm out there every June being attacked and pooped on by gulls that are trying to scrape the claw on the bottom of their foot across the top of my head, my job is to protect them from the tourists. He also tells the tourists the island stories, especially the one about the notorious murders. And when the tourists arrive, they hear something like this. (coughs) Robinson sent me some sound he recorded on the island. This is Smutty Nose early in the morning. The one constant, the seagulls. If you get out there at 4.30 or 5 in the morning and the sun starts to come up, it's dead silent. And then all of a sudden, they start to go like hoot, 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 until it sounds amazingly like a giant tribe of people chanting. They explode into the air and fly around you, and you are in the Mesozoic era, and you are surrounded by stinky flying dinosaurs. Smutty Nose is part of a group of islands called the Isles of Shoals. I mean, these are nine islands that are just clumps of rock. They're little bits of an archipelago sticking up out of the ocean. These clumps of rocks were some of the most popular fishing spots in the North Atlantic, going back as far as the 1600s. This was ground zero. This, this was where it was happening. They stopped off at basically Nova Scotia, the Isles of Shoals, and Maryland. Fishermen from England would sail to the Isles of Shoals and catch what Dennis describes as enormous amounts of cod. They were easy to catch. You split them, salt them, lay them out on the rocks. A wealthy Bostonite named Thomas Layton bought the Isles of Shoals in 1839 and built a hotel on one of the largest islands called Appledore. He would tell people that he had a lame leg and as soon as he got out to the shoals, the healthy salt air cured all his ills. So he would advertise it as a health spa. The isolated hotel caught on quickly with Boston's elite. Writer Nathaniel Hawthorne, Supreme Court Justice Oliver Wendell Holmes, and poet John Greenleaf Whittier were regulars there. The Leighton family also owned the only home on nearby Smutty Nose Island. He rented it to a Norwegian immigrant named John Hanfett. Hanfett was a fisherman. He lived a sparse, quiet life with his family. His wife, Marin, her sister, Karen, who worked at the hotel, and John's brother, Matthew, staying at the Hanfett house, which people now call the murder house. The convicted murderer was Louis Wagner, but not everyone believed he did it. 
Dennis says, according to trial transcripts, John Hauntvet hired Wagner to help out with fishing. Wagner was lazy and a little shifty, and he basically sponged off the Hauntvet family. Eventually, more family arrived from Norway, Marin's brother Ivan and his wife Annetta. So John Hanfett fired Wagner. So he has to go back to Portsmouth. He's busted, broke, disgusted. He's living in a flop house with two other sailors, and he is five weeks in arrears on his rent when the murder story begins. Here's Dennis's theory based on his research. Louis Wagner overhears a conversation on the Portsmouth docks. There's a bait shipment on the way from Boston, but the train is late. The men of the Hanfett family have to stay the night on the mainland to pick it up. That means, in Wagner's mind, the island is undefended. So he hatches a plan to rob the island. See, Wagner knows the Hunfits keep hundreds of dollars in a chest on their property. He knows the door is unlocked because they never lock the door. There's nobody else on the island. He'll sneak in. He'll pull the chest out, take it, and disappear. And literally, it would have been the perfect crime. He steals a boat from the docks and sets out for Smutty Nose Island. Wagner clearly knows there's two women out there. Marin and Ivan's wife, Annetta. And he knows they're the only people on the island other than Marin's dog, who's a little yappy dog. He does not know that Karen, Marin's sister, is also at the house. Karen just lost her job at the hotel on the neighboring Appledore Island. She's asleep in the kitchen when Louis Wagner walks in the door. Unfortunately, Karen wakes up. It's dark. She thinks it's John coming back. Wagner's response is to dispatch her by picking up a chair and bashing her in the dark. She screams, and the other two women wake up. Now Wagner knows his plan has gone sour. He strangles Karen, then he grabs an axe and kills Annetta. That leaves Marin, John Hanfitt's wife. Wagner stalks off outside with the axe. And he now knows that with two women dead, if Marin lives, he's doomed. So he goes on this long journey. And what we see all over the island is these bloody size 11 rubber boot prints in the snow. According to Marin's testimony, she runs for her life. There aren't many places to hide on the island, a few dilapidated old buildings, the kind of places Wagner would be sure to check. She sees there's no boat, she can't escape. Dennis thinks Wagner hid the boat away on the far side of the island. Marin wouldn't have known to look there. She finds a small crevice in the rocks by the shore and tucks herself in. As soon as the sun comes up, Marin flags down help from nearby Appledore Island. Wagner is caught, convicted, and sentenced to death. But he becomes a celebrity. He goes to his death saying he's innocent which is very convincing to a Victorian audience. You know, the last thing he says is, I hope you find the person who did this. Rumors start to spread. Could Marin be the killer? She was the only survivor. Marin died 14 years later in 1887. A newspaper ran a brief story that claimed she confessed to the murders on her deathbed. It printed a retraction the next day, but the story was out there. In the era of the Lizzie Borden murders, the public was fascinated with the idea that women could be killers, just like men. The theory caught the imagination of writer Anita Shreve a century later. She wrote a novel called The Weight of Water in 1997, a work of historical fiction that follows a reporter who comes to Smutty Nose Island for a story. The book posits Marin Hunfit as the killer. Interestingly, no mention of the bloody boot prints. The Weight of Water was a bestseller chosen for Oprah's book club and became a movie starring Sean Penn with Sarah Pauly as Marin. Two women were discovered in the kitchen strangled and bludgeoned with an axe. She came to the island to do a story about a murder that happened long ago. 
J. Dennis Robinson says the weight of water has brought the Smutty Nose Island murders to renewed attention. He says tourists often tell him the fiction convinced them Marin's the killer. Dennis wrote his own nonfiction book about the murders. He believes Louis Wagner, the man hung for the crime, was the killer. But it's hard sometimes, he says, to argue with popular culture. As a history writer, it seems more and more that we as a nation are much more interested in myth than fact. So it's kind of a daunting task to take on a multi-million selling novel and just say, no, it's not true. But it's a good story. And I'll be back with more stories on the road from New York to Boston, or maybe just a little beyond. This is Off the Path from WSHU Public Radio. I'm Davis Donovan.